1: The winning edge. Sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. On, are you ready? This is pushing the odds. Pushing the odds live from Las Vegas. Vegas baby, Vegas.
2: Here's your host, Matt Peralta. It is a Friday. What's up, everybody? How are you? Welcome into the latest edition of Pushing the Odds here on SiriusXM Channel Two Hundred Four for Sports Grid Radio. Our exclusive hour here until we welcome in the Sports Map Radio audience, folks. We got a lot to get to on the show today. We will recap what happened yesterday, last night. A lot of wild things. The win for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I was way wrong on that one. Vegas out, Montreal to the Cup Finals for the first time since 1993. We've got a no-hitter in baseball for the Cubs, where they have four pitchers and eight walks. No-hitter's no-hitter, though, right? It's a no-hitter, not a no-base runner. That would be a perfect game, right? But eight walks. Cubs, though, continue to pour it on for the Dodgers, who are really struggling The Dodgers, if you bet the under, and we talked about this way back in the beginning in March, that betting the under for the Dodgers wins was almost unprincipled because 102, 102 and a half wins, everything would have had to gone perfectly for the Dodgers to win that many games. And they're not going to get to 102, 103 wins. It's just not going to happen. They have too many injuries. Their pitching staff is okay. It's good, but it's not as good as we thought it was going to be with the injuries they've suffered already. So... I mean, if you're a Dodger fan, you're nervous, right? You get swept by the Padres. You get no hit by the Cubs. It's the middle of the summer, right? It's June. It's no panic. You know, don't flip out. Don't have a, you know, a, you know don't be nervous in terms of, like, your team's potential to win the World Series. But I do think you have to be concerned about some problems you're seeing and the fact that this is not a 60-game season. Okay? Yeah, they won The World Series, but it was a 60-game season. This is not a 60-game season. This is 162 games. It's a lot longer. The marathon's much more difficult. And I know a ring's a ring. But I talked about this last year with the Lakers in the bubble and the same thing with the Dodgers in the World Series. No one's taking it away from them, but... (laughs) Hmm. It's different than what we normally would see for the hopefully for the rest of my life and your life. We'll go back and see these you know half seasons ever again due to anything else. But we begin with the Hawks and the Bucks, and I am completely befuddled as to what side you should be on here for this game in Vegas. There's enough money here to, to keep the number below eight. It's 7.5 of most books here in Vegas for the Bucks to be favored. Essentially, what the books are telling us with the line tonight for Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals is that Game 1 was a fluke, that Game 1 didn't really happen, that Game 1, the line was 8, the Hawks win the game outright as 8-point dogs, and yet we're just now going to go ahead and say same thing, run it back, seven and a half, eight. Milwaukee favored again. That they are that much better than the Atlanta Hawks, I, I don't know. A, a part of me feels like it's just sort of a hedge because they know that there are some people who are going to unload big. If the line is three, four, five, six, that you're going to see big money coming on the bucks, and the books are afraid that Milwaukee is just going to take apart Atlanta tonight. And a part of me agrees. I mean, a part of me sees a blowout that there'll be major adjustments made. We always, we all know the biggest adjustments are made between games one and two of any series. We saw Philadelphia do the exact same thing. They lost game one at home, and then they blew out the Hawks in game two. Could we see the exact same thing happen tonight? Yes. And I guess I agree with that because it's sort of like Atlanta in the over and the Bucks in the under – are somewhat correlated. And I'm on the under 226 tonight. And I do think Milwaukee's going to play much better defensively. They want to play fast. Okay, Mike Boonehoser wants them to play fast. But if Atlanta doesn't shoot well, and if Trey Young's not going for 48, which I don't think he's going to go for that tonight, I, I think they are going to adopt some of the principles that we saw with the Philadelphia 76ers, which is basically anybody else except Trey Young's going to beat us. We're going to double him. We're going to get the ball out of his hands, and somebody else is going to have to beat us. Now, that means John Collins. That means... Bogdanovich, he housed the knee for Bogdanovich. He only scored four points in the first game. There's a big concern that he's not healthy, and that could be a big worry there. But John Collins played really well in the opener. You need Clint Capella to keep playing the way he's been playing on both ends, offensively and defensively. And then you need guys like Lou Williams to come off the bench to give instant offense. And that was really one of the biggest keys to victory over the Philadelphia 76ers for Atlanta, that they would come in with their second wave, and their second unit was so much better than Philadelphia Philadelphia's second unit, and Lou would go for 15, 20 points and a half, and you'd be like, oh my gosh, this is gigantic. And it's a one man wrecking crew. You need something like that again to happen tonight if you're the Atlanta Hawks. You need Valinari, you need, or Gallinari, sorry, you need um, Lou Williams to step up and play really, really well off the bench when they're asked to come in for that second unit. So, If that happens, Atlanta can keep this game close, but it feels like either Atlanta wins this game outright or they lose by 25. And I think I'm leaning towards losing by 25. Like I think I'm leaning towards the idea that Milwaukee's going to flex here tonight. Atlanta got the job done, go on the road, take at least one, get home court on your end, and then get ready for game three. And I'm not saying they're punting on the game tonight, but I just wonder, Milwaukee's got their backs against the wall. Giannis should be unguardable really i mean donna should be a big problem for atlanta and he wasn't chris middleton can't go 0 for 9 from behind the three-point line again i mean just law of averages that guy's not going to go over nine so that's probably another reason why milwaukee probably wins big i don't mind laying the seven and a half but i do think the under is where i'm riding here under 226 our four big stories clippers Suns, and more coming up next it's
1: to be honest we should come with a warning label caution 24-hour sports talk may cause mild addiction get on the grid this is the sports grid radio network the pat mcafee show
0: sean mcveigh has come sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: got an opinion go ahead ask them but only a few have an opinion informed by expert analysis and experience it's called trust it's why we're here for you keep it here and get the edge edge. you're listening to the sports grid radio network you're listening to pushing the odds
2: live from las vegas here's matt perrault you know there's nothing like in vegas when a new property opens up and last night here on the Las Vegas Strip, we saw Resorts World open up the four point seven billion dollar—I think it is four point seven billion dollar—sorry, four point three billion dollar resort—is now open to the public, and it's monster, it's massive. If you know the Las Vegas Strip, it is all the way down, down by Win. It's on. It's going towards downtown Las Vegas, and. It's on the left-hand side. If you're going towards downtown Las Vegas, like towards the Strat, you're on, it's on the left-hand side. It it had been being really for the last – since I moved here, that property had been being developed over the last five, six years, and it finally opens up tonight – and or last night, rather. And the, the night was – the pictures and, and the celebration was incredible. The celebrities came into town for it. I, I wasn't there last night, but I, I can't wait to get over there and check it out and see – uh, it has an Asian theme to it, and it is – everything I've seen from a picture standpoint is Resorts World is gorgeous and just really insane. The The, the casino floor looks insane. The pool looks really cool. The rooms look really nice, and it, it, it's a great time. Circa Sports opened up, or Circa, the, the, the resort, opened up a couple of months ago in, what, seven – December, right? November, December last year, it opened up. And so whenever you have new properties opening in Vegas, it energizes the market. It gives people something new to come and see when you come to Vegas, because a lot of times people are like, yeah, you know, I go, I go to Vegas all the time and I'm kind of bored by X, Y, and Z. Nah. I mean, these new properties are really neat downtown. I mean, Circa is responsible for doing a lot with downtown, but Resorts World is going to be, uh, I think it's it's a high-end casino, it's a high-end property, so it's gonna add even more value, more money, down to that, as I call it, like millionaire's corner with the Palazzo and the Venetian, and then Win and Encore, and now Resorts World, kind of across the street. You got three really high-end, very nice properties, all, you know, as the strip continues to expand. So, really a, a, a good time and perfectly timed in a lot of ways, because so many people are gonna come here for the Las Vegas Raider games, and well, those secondary ticket markets continue to be just unbelievable. I mean, how much money we're talking about in terms of you know, if you want to go to one of these games, you're talking three, four, five, six hundred dollars on the secondary ticket market to get a ticket to go watch the Raiders. And, you know, the properties if you go and look at Vegas September, October, November on a football weekend. We're used to fight weekends being like that. Like when there's a big fight in Vegas, we're always dealing with a larger, you know ticket price or, or entry price for your hotel room. So a, a typical hotel room that maybe $110 goes for $210. Well, it's that and more for football weekends. And what's neat is that much like fight weekends, like when you have a big Conor McGregor fight or a big boxing fight where you have the, the shoulder programming, as they call it, like the nightclubs and the performances and the concerts and things like that. Those are all being planned for this coming season for the, for the Raiders. And, I, I, this market in the fall is going to be unbelievable. And frankly, after what happened last night with the Knights, Vegas needs it. <laughs> they need the distraction. But we start our big four stories with the Clippers, who dominated the Suns last night to get back into their best of seven series in the Western Conference Finals. Chris Paul came back. I did hit the Chris Paul assist, both numbers, eight and a half, nine and a half. Over both. Eight and a half was minus 132 at the Fantasy Sports Look, If you went up to nine and a half, it was plus 122. So we got both those right last night. Devin Booker, though, again, struggled from the field he's got a broken nose and it's tough to play with one of those things it's tough to breathe And he's wearing the mask and it, it looks very uncomfortable for him he did not shoot well clippers though got a solid performance again out of paul george 27 points 15 rebounds in the 106 92 victory now 2-1 sons after missing two key free throws in game two at the end paul george told the media he got a pep talk from his coach before game three after the flight after the flight um you know, we were on the plane. We talked about it. Um, we hashed it out.
1: Um, and immediately we got ready for game three. Um, simple as that. We had to move on. I thought we did a great job of moving on. I moved on. Um, I had to be better. I have to be better. Um, and so, um just everything was just put in and going into game three. Um, all my energy was, was uh, directed
2: um, towards a, a better game in game three. You knew things were in trouble for the Suns when that half court shot by Paul George was hit at the end of the first half. That was like, uh oh, you're banking in half court threes? Yikes. Number two, the Hawks tonight are once again eight point underdogs to the Milwaukee Bust. Same number as game one, even though they trail one game to none and the Hawks won game one. It's kind of like. The books are saying that game one was a fluke and their numbers are right that the Hawks should be eight-point dogs here on the road for game number two. Trey Young scored 48 points in the first matchup, but you have to expect Milwaukee to play better defensively tonight. You have to expect them to get the ball out of Trey Young's hands, but Mike Buttenholzer, the head coach of the Bucs, wants his team to play fast tonight even though things didn't go great when they did that in game one. I keep saying there's really, you know, there's the
1: more static where, Um, Maybe, you know, traditional things and you try and attack, you know, a player and, and then I, you know, I always lean on when we're playing good basketball and it's moving and guys are touching it and and we're playing random, um, you're really attacking, you know, any and everybody and, and, um, you know, all players should, should have, you know, the offensive players should have an opportunity, defensive players, you know, should have an opportunity to make a mistake um, and so on and so forth. And I really think that's when we're at our best.
2: Number three, the Montreal Canadiens are still celebrating. Unfortunate stuff came out of Montreal after the win. Uh, Why do we destroy our own cities when we win? I just don't understand that. But from a team perspective, the Canadiens are going back to the Cup Finals for the first time since 1993. Montreal won game six in overtime last night over the heavily favored Vegas Golden Knights. Second straight year for Vegas, having their, their year end. In the Western Conference, if you want to call it that, semifinals, Western Conference finals, Vegas, three three trips to the Western Conference finals in four years. But again, disappointment, disappointment in heartbreak. USA Network on the game winner for the Canadiens.
0: through the center zone for Montreal. Dano sneaks in, the pass across. They score!
3: AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Grid Sports Flash. I'm Chuck Sanders. Arturi Lekkonen scored the overtime winning goal, sending the Canadians past the Vegas Golden Knights 3-2 last night and into the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time since 1993. The Canadians are the last Canadian team to win the Cup. Carey Price with 37 saves in the victory as Montreal takes the series four games to two. Shea Weber and Cole Caulfield also had goals for the Habs. Alec Martinez and Riley Smith with the tallies for Vegas. Robin Leonard made 29 saves. They'll take on the winner of tonight's Game 7 between the Islanders and the Lightning. The matchup in Tampa, it's an 8 o'clock Eastern puck drop. Big win for the Clippers last night, NBA Western Conference Finals, 106-92 over Phoenix. The Suns now with a 2-1 series lead. Eastern Conference Finals, Game 2 tonight, the Hawks at Milwaukee download the free score app lightning fast update so you never miss a thing it's why the score app is one of north america's most popular sports apps i'm chuck sanders that's the sports grid sports flash
0: Okay, fine. I'll fess up. All the new summer stuff I got, it's on sale at Kohl's. And the deals are so good. Like our Sonoma Goods for Life patio furniture, it was 30% off. Got 30% off backyard games, too. And even picked up grilling tools for 20% off. Best part? I saved an extra 20% and got it in an hour with free store pickups. So now we're all set for summer, and I'm pretty sure we've got a cookout planned every weekend. Select Style's 20% offer ends June 27th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Does learning a language feel like this? No habla espanol. Hablo. It's hablo. Yes.
3: It's hablo. <laughs> when you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal
1: in mind.
0: Since my husband is from Guatemala, I'll apply what I've learned in Babbel to our real-life situations. The app is so easy to use, and it's so practical. and helps you learn things that you will actually need. Babbel, language for life, celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's Babbel.com, B-A-B-B-E-L.com
1: the sports grid tv network is a new streaming video sports channel for you dedicated to serving the massive fantasy sports and wagering audience sports grid tv is live free on vizio smartcast with real-time data and expert commentary featuring pat mcafee scott farrell gabe Morency pro football doc dr david chow nfl insider adam kaplan and more simply connect to the vizio smart tv video service for instant access to the free sports channels to watch sports grid and get the winning edge. that's sports grid tv free on vizio smartcast We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Don't believe us. Never turn us off. You'll see. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. This is Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas,
2: here's Matt Peralt. All right, so let's talk about tonight. And I have the same logic for tonight's Game 7 that I did for last night's Game 6 between Montreal and the Vegas Golden Knights. And the last two games, we've pushed, I've pushed, with a 5 total now. I bet under 5 or over 5. These games are going 3-2. And they're going to overtime, back-to-back nights, overtime, 3-2, the final. And so the books aren't stupid. And look, FanDuel's not stupid. They, they don't want to refund wagers so in, uh, on their book, they're at five and a half. If you want to bet under five and a half for New York and Tampa tonight for Game 7, it's minus 168 at the FanDuel Sportsbook. If you want to bet the over five and a half, it's plus 136. I am riding with the over five, expecting or at least believing there's a chance to hit the over. So what would happen is this. like, Let's just say it's a 3-1 game for one or the other, for the Islanders or the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's a Game 7. It's an elimination game. So generally, the opinion is, if your season's on the line and you're down by two goals, you're pulling the goaltender really early, and you're probably going to keep the goaltender out. So there's the chance for maybe one, two I mean, just I guess depends how long the is going to be out for empty net goals. That's why I think betting the over five is a good bet. I laid minus 130 last night on it. You can shop around. I, if I was going to take it at five and a half, I would bet the under. But I don't hate a play on the over either with plus money simply because if Tampa at home plays the way that they played in game five, Look, they're not going to score eight goals tonight. I I would be blown away if they scored. They won eight nothing like they did previously. But you know, I I think Tampa has the chance to put a bunch of goals in here tonight. And if they're playing offensively really well, over five and a half's not crazy. Like a six-two win, not crazy to see Tampa just go and blast the Islanders tonight. However, if the Islanders are in the game, if they're potentially going to win the game, the Islanders—it's a three-two game. And it's a 3-2 win. It could be 2-2. It goes to overtime, a Game 7 overtime, and then the Islanders or the Lightning wind up winning. And so I I don't mind the under 5.5. And And you could kind of correlate it if you want. You could go with Tampa, Tampa and the over, or you could go with the Islanders and the under. There's real value on the Islanders, okay? At plus 144, I don't hate it. I mean, look at the Montreal series, and... Given the way that this entire season has gone and how kind of wacko it's been, would it shock you if the Islanders made it to the Cup Finals? No, it wouldn't shock me at all. And I think there's real value on the Islanders tonight at plus 144. I'll be cheering for them because I love the new blood, and I think it would be a really interesting series. I can tell you this, I... (laughs) I guess if you gave the NHL truth serum, who, who would they want to win tonight? My guess would be New York. Because if the Islanders are in the cup finals, you're going to at least have the East Coast to pay attention. New York, Pennsylvania, Long Island, New Jersey, you're going to have that part of the country pay attention. I mean, Canada has kind of a love-hate relationship with Montreal, but we're talking 37 million people live in Canada. 37 million people live in California. <laughs> All right. The population of America is just so much bigger than Canada. And so well, let's just say you have a really good number, a high number of people in Montreal, in Toronto, in Vancouver, who are going to be watching the entire Cup finals. That's great. But the broadcast partners in America don't really care about that. What, what they want, they want as many people in America to pay attention and, with only one American team in there, you would want that one American team to be from the number one media market. So not saying that anyone's gonna shade one side or the other, but you know, Tampa's the defending champs and it's not exactly a major market from a hockey perspective. There's a lot of diehard hockey fans in Tampa, I'm not debating it, but I, I think if the if the league had its way, it would want the Islanders to win tonight and to set up an Islander Montreal series. It's not going to do any numbers west of the Mississippi in America. We, we we know that the Cup Finals is going to be, not well watched, and I think the league knows that and just has to kind of grit and bear it and deal with it. But I mean, people here in Vegas are going to watch because people here in Vegas have become diehard hockey fans, and you know there are some on the West Coast, but generally speaking, not really. Like I, I don't think people in Colorado are jumping up and down to watch a Tampa Bay Montreal final they'll be interested but I don't think they're going to stop their life and do something else than to watch that series. And so that's that's what feeds into in the conspiracy theory as to why it's been since 1993 that a Canadian team hasn't won the cup because American broadcast partners don't care about it. And th- there is some truth to that. Not that the league is doing anything to shade one way or the other, but there is some truth that the, the American broadcast partners don't care. <laughs> they don't care about a Stanley Cup final that would be Tampa and Montreal. They'll air it. I'll watch it. I'll bet it. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be into it, but it won't be the same. And look, the, the Canadians are a really good story that is now being told. And I think people who are just casual hockey fans are starting to realize what's going on here with this Cinderella run and that, you know, they weren't expected to do anything. And yet, they come back down 3-1 from Toronto. They were the biggest underdogs in the semifinals in the last 31 years. And Carey Price has been a- a- an absolute machine. I mean, the guy's a brick wall. And he has been incredible for the Montreal Canadiens. Now, getting to the Cup Final is a big accomplishment. First time since 1993 that they're there. Can they win the thing? Yeah. Yeah. They can win the thing. There's no debate in that. They can win the thing. And the big question everyone's going to have is, are they a better matchup against the Islanders or Tampa? To be honest, the Islanders play in such a similar way that I, I, I really kind of want to see. <laughs> I want to see it, to be quite honest. Islanders-Montreal would be very, very interesting. Tampa Bay plays you know a better brand of hockey than Vegas. They're faster. They have more star power. They have... Great goaltending. I, I I would be very interested to see what hap- what would happen if Tampa plays Montreal because the style of play, Montreal needs to get up and Montreal needs to keep Tampa off the scoreboard. And I don't with Kerry Price, yeah. But Vegas kind of showed how you can score on Kerry Price. They just didn't do it enough. You got to make a move. You got to move the puck. And Tampa is so good at that with Stamkos and company and Braden Point. And they've got just higher end talent than anybody else in the NHL. So while I think Tampa wins and I think Tampa wins the cup, I want the Islanders in Montreal to play because I am really curious to see what that series would look like. And then who's favored? I think the Islanders probably would be favored, but I'm not positive if tampa is the opponent tampa is going to be a monster favorite probably minus 400 somewhere in that range I, i'm not saying that that's you know the montreal has no shot to win the stanley cup they absolutely do they've got the hottest goaltender in the game who is lacking one thing and that's a cup on his resume and the way he has played has just been incredible The the unfortunate thing that we saw in the wake of the wind last night in Montreal, and and I'm I'm one of the I I'll ask the question everyone's been asking. If you've got three thousand five hundred people inside the building, why are you allowing ten thousand people outside? Doesn't that seem really stupid? Like you're 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 not allowing them in. You're having them be all outside. And you're worried about COVID protocols. And are you saying because you're outside? But you're so close in proximity. You're basically like you're inside. You're breathing the same air. You're breathing on people. And then the team wins. And all those 10,000 people go crazy. And they start burning cars and looting and breaking things. And it's just... It was really poorly planned by Montreal. I mean, hopefully, if they're going to do this with the Cup Finals, if they're going to open up more, and hopefully they're going to have a larger crowd for the Cup Final, but uh, it's just awkward. It, it looks bad, and if you're going to allow people to be out there like that, I mean, let them in the building. I mean, according to people who were, and I don't, I, again, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but supposedly there was a lockdown for the three thousand five hundred people who were at the Bell Center. They were told they couldn't leave. It was too dangerous to go outside of the building. That's just poor planning. <laughs> That's just poor planning on the folks around the Bell Center and, and, and the police and the authorities. Uh, you just, if you're going to have 3,500 people in, why would you ever allow to have that many people outside? You're asking for trouble. And that's exactly what they got last night with the overtime victory for Montreal. So hopefully they plan things a little bit better coming up for the cup finals, but it, it's an incredible accomplishment. It's an incredible story. And, and you got to tip your cap and just give a ton of props to Montreal for what they have done, because they're proving to be the best team. They're not the best team on paper, they're just proven to be the best team and, and playing the best and going on a miracle run and a Cinderella story that they've got four wins away from the cup. I don't think they win it still, but what does it matter what I think? Because right now all that matters is this team's playing and they got a shot and you just want to be in this position. Give yourself a shot to win it all. And getting to the cup final is an incredible accomplishment, but they know that it's about winning championships. That's the thing about franchises like the Yankees and Montreal and you know, when you are a dominant, dominant franchise and you have, you know, won the most championships of anybody in your in your league, and in your, in, in your sport, you know, your fans know that you're judged on rings, wins, not getting here. You're judged by when you win here. Can they do it? I think so. But I don't, I'm not seeing it. I'm not predicting it. It won't shock me if Montreal wins at all because of what Carey Price is doing. But I do, if I was going to bet it, I would bet against it. But Islanders-Montreal is a much more intriguing series. Tampa versus Montreal kind of falls in line with what the books did with Vegas. They would expect Tampa to destroy Montreal, given their top-end talent. Jordan Anderson covers the NHL. Betting for BettingPros.com. He joins us next to break down Game 7 tonight. Islanders-Lightning and Montreal in the Cup Finals here. I'm pushing the odds non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and
1: news you can use.
0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Football, the goal line. Baseball, home plate. Basketball, the net. Sports talk right here. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're
2: listening to Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralta. Well, we thought we might have had two of these, but instead we only have one. But one is still pretty good. Game seven in the NHL playoffs. Winner tonight advances to take on Montreal in the Stanley Cup Finals. Let's talk about the game tonight. New York and Tampa with Jordan Anderson from Betting Pros joining us here on Pushing the Odds. Jordan, Matt Peralta, how are you? Doing well, Matt. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for the time. All right, let's start with the situation for Nikita Kucherov for Tampa Bay. How big is this, what what do you do with his status, and how does it affect the way you would play this game tonight?
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's huge. Um, You know, Kucherov really pushes the pace of that team, you know, drives the power play. Um, You know, right now, sidewise, I'm laying off until we hear more news. I know he didn't skate this morning. Um, Have to think he's probably out. That kind of looked like a rib shot, right? So, you know, I don't know what uh, the healing process goes on that, but... Personally, laying off, I'm seeing lines around minus 160. If we get news that he's in, you can pounce on that. I might play it that way. Um, when he's in, you know, that's probably going to jump up to 180. So, personally, I'm laying off till later with news. Um, I'm going to take – I'm looking towards the, uh, the total on this. Um, I so, think historically the last 20 – sorry, Matt, go ahead.
2: No, no, go ahead. Yeah, oh, sorry. I, I was going to hop in there. I just, go ahead. Finish that
4: yeah, so I'm personally right now looking uh, at the under 5. Um, those typically trend uh, under in the last 20-plus years, I'm seeing. So hitting about 60%. And that's, uh, you know, I'm seeing plus 110 out there. So that's kind of how I'm playing it right now. Um, I've already locked that in personally. And then waiting on the Kucherov news.
2: All right, so me and you are on opposite sides of that. So I, the reason why I played over 5 is because of the goaltenders being pulled late in games in Game 7. So yep. elim- for elimination games... You know you're looking at a two two game and then we go to overtime mm-hmm. like 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 basically the last two nights I've been on five either over or under and it's pushed both yeah. games so I, I i mean I'm not you know, n- no harm either way, but so, I could see a three. I could see a three-two win one way, but I also could see a, the potential for goaltenders getting pulled if it's a three-one game. If Tampa's up three-one, the Islanders are pulling goalies early, and we're getting open net goals late in the game. So th- that's why I'm on the five. But it's it, how do you feel about five in general betting? Because I love it because the push potential is so high.
4: Yeah. So, actually, it's funny. Um, typically, I do, anytime I see a five, especially regular season, you know, they don't hang that too much. But I, I do typically play the over. Um, tonight, you know, I'm thinking with Kucherov out, we're going to see a tighter game. You know, refs kind of put away the whistles a little bit, let him play. So, I don't know yeah. if we'll see as many, uh, you know, power plays and whatnot. And, you know, I'm ex- anticipating that he's out. Tight game. Vascovsky and Barlamov have been, you know, unbelievable. So, that's what I'm thinking. We're going to see a... Uh, 2-1, 3-1 one, one game, something like that. But, hey, listen, I don't fault anyone for going with the 5. Because like you said, 2-2 two, two is more than plausible. And the worst-case worst push, right?
2: So Yeah, right. And, and that's a total opportunity here. What's interesting, too, mm-hmm. is when you look at the Islanders in the way that they played in Game 5, they lose 8 nothing, They turn it right around. Yep. They, ride, they ride the home crowd. They get the victory here. But how, how do you feel about a goal in the first 10 minutes tonight, given the way that things went in Game 5?
4: Yeah, you know Tampa at home is a whole, a whole different animal. You know, like I said, I don't think there'll be as many penalties, but they do tend to draw more on that. Um, obviously, kind of blowing that 2-0 lead, you don't see them do that too often. And I know they're, I think they're 13-0 the last two years off playoff loss, so you got to think they're going to have a little bit more jump in their step. Um, I'm not a big home crowd noise kind of guy, but they can dictate the pace of the game with last last change and whatnot. So um, I don't hate that play actually.
2: Braden Point has been an absolute machine, and I know people who have just been blindly betting him to score goals. Right. And at FanDuel, it's plus 144 for Braden Point to get a goal tonight. Just all he needs to do is score one. How do you feel about him continuing this ridiculous run of putting the pucks in the net?
4: Um, You know, t- for that price, I-, I would definitely take it. Um, especially with, you know, Kutroff's status up in the air, he's going to be the man, right? Him and Stamkos. And I would even look at Stamkos. He's... Tends to perform a little bit better on home ice, and uh, it's going to be up to those two. They're the leading goal scorers, so at that price, definitely.
2: Yeah, Stamkos is plus 194. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, doesn't it seem yeah. really high?
4: I, I think so. I think so. I mean, he, uh, like I said, he's the man on the power play there. He's the trigger man, you know, over in that office in the left circle, so... um I mean, Point and Stamkos are the top two options on that power play, which has been a beast, right? So, yeah, I'll, you know, but that's another point. I mean, Kucherov does drive that power play. I think it's 37 percent with him in, and without around 22, and Ooh. so it hurts a little bit, but it's still it's still a potent power play. So, I mean, uh, Stamkos. I mean, almost two to one. Why not, right? And and the Point with the streaky's on. I think you gotta definitely worth the consideration.
2: Jordan Anderson joining us from betting pros here talking about game seven tonight for the Islanders and the lightning. If, if you're Montreal, who would you rather play Islanders or lightning?
0: Uh,
4: I think Islanders similar playing style, right? Um, kind of the grind me down in your face. And, and they both don't have that top tier talent, like a pass And, you know, and they've gone by that and they've neutralized, especially Geno with Matthews and against Toronto, yeah. but I think they match up a little bit, and Tampa's Tampa. I, I don't care what anyone says. You know, they're still, they can explode. We saw it the other night. 8, eight nothing, right? I mean, come on. So.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I think the books are going to do to the Canadiens what they did to them with the Vegas series. They do wind up playing Tampa. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think you're going to see like a minus 400 on Tampa to win the series, and I guess yeah. that factors in for, to Montreal's storyline. If it, They probably would prefer that.
4: I, I would suppose. I mean, I actually uh, took Montreal in the series price, and you know, I'd highlighted one of my uh, in my write-ups going into that series. I, you know, I get it; it's the most lopsided series in years. But people weren't given a chance, and you know, Vegas really got there um, on flurry. You know, I got him through Minnesota, uh, Colorado, but but Price neutralized that advantage a bit, right? Maybe it's even better. You know, that's that's up for debate. But you know, Vegas special teams going in that series struggling. Power play was you know atrocious in the playoffs, and. Montreal's penalty kills, it's unbelievable. So and They have four deep lines. I mean, like I said, they don't have that top tat I mean, Caulfield's looking like a star and I
1: yeah. uh,
4: spun the puck in that, but um, I didn't think it was as lopsided as people thought. And I think even if they do play Tampa, you, you got to take a look at them on that serious price, that, you know, depending on what they lay. they yeah. uh, they. They've gone approved it, right?
2: So you can't hate them for it. You, you can't hate a hot goaltender that's a Hall of Famer like Carey Price. And it, I don't think it's it, crazy exactly. at all. Carey Price was way better than both goaltenders for Vegas. And, yeah. And, you know, he, yeah. I think people here are going to do the Game 3 what-if over and over again, and, and what happens if, if marc Mark right. Andre Flurry doesn't make that mistake? And I don't think it really mattered to be quite to me. I, I think Montreal would have won in Game Seven. It just Vegas yeah. the, power, the power play, like you mentioned, was just atrocious. The, yep. the key stars, Mark Stone, did nothing in the series for for, for Vegas. And frankly, it, it, they were just for whatever reason. And what it may, maybe it was playing Minnesota in Colorado, and maybe the gas tank was empty. But Vegas mm-hmm. looked yeah, it looked tired. They looked. A lot tired. Montreal was way fresher, and maybe it was four yep. lines. Maybe whatever excuse you want to come up with. It just Montreal was the fresher team, younger legs potentially, but they were the better team. I, I don't think you can really spin yep. that any other way. That yep. Montreal was was the better team, top to bottom. And then you go yep. up against Tampa. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to say they can't win it, right? Given the way they're playing.
4: That that's what I mean. No one gave much. Uh... A shot against Toronto. I mean, they could battle back 3-1. Vegas. Everyone, I've saw so much rhetoric out there. They have no chance. Blah blah blah. And like you said, they were the better team. They dictated the pace of play. I mean, did no shut down Stone. I don't think Stone even had one point, right? Yeah. Um, def- yeah. Defensively, they're out of sorts. I mean, look at you know, Theodore's, uh threw up the middle last night, almost a scoring opportunity for for Montreal. You don't see that. They were out of sorts and. That was Toronto, you know. I mean, uh, Montreal dictating you know, the defensive style of play there. So
2: yeah, the only thing I will say, and this is why I put it all on Carey Price, and people kind of argue me with you, is if Pacioretty has to score that goal, he's wide yeah. open in the in the slot. Your years, you have the puck on the stick of the guy that you want it to. The ex-Canadian, right. he's got to bury that, and Carey Price making that save. And then literally 30 seconds later, the Canadian scoring. It was basically like Vegas had their shot. They didn't do it. Montreal had their shot, and they did. And that, I think, was was very indicative of the entire series, is that the best players from Montreal did what they were supposed to do, And the best players for Vegas did not do what they were supposed to do. And it's going to be a very tough off season here for Vegas because, you know, as you mentioned riding flurry, you know, one of those two goaltenders won't be here next year, either flurry or, or or, or Robin Leonard. So, and, and and maybe, maybe it is flurry leaving and maybe that was it for, for, for him. And maybe flurry is going to be going to be remembered for the incredible four years here. but, you know, it was it was definitely a crash landing for for Vegas. So, all right. So, just from a side perspective, you're waiting. If Kucherov yep. is in, you're taking Tampa.
4: That's where I would lean. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And if he's out, you're taking the Islanders. Um, I would go the other way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I still think there's value <laughs> even even with Kucherov in. I still think there's value on the Islanders even with him playing. To be quite honest, at plus one forty four.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I think probably the smarter play would be to take the Islanders, obviously, with that price. And it's a game seven, right? Anything can happen. Um, I may just totally lay off the side. You know, I'm definitely on the total. I know we're opposite there. But I think there's value either way, absolutely, with the Isles. But if I could get news early and hop on an early line of, you know, minus 155, 160 I'm seeing out there in Tampa, it's heavy for a game seven. But I I think I'd lean that way, especially with Tampa and home ice dictating that pace. You know, with last yeah. change in pace of play.
2: And the, the Islanders, if they're going to win this game, they've they got to score first. I mean, I, I, do, would it, you agree? Yes,
4: yeah. I, I do. They need to get a hot start and then play their shut-me-down style. You know, there's probably not a better tactician than Barry Trotz in the league. So they'll know what to do and play their, you know, in-your-face grind me down game and, and, and keep it tight. And that's a little bit why I'm on the under as well. I think both teams are going to kind of do the same thing
2: get a goal, sit on it. Yeah, no one better than the Islanders to go ahead and do that, but if Tampa goes up and they force the Islanders to open up, that's the one, that's, that's the one concern for me. Yeah, and,
4: and that <laughs> That could hurt me, but, you know, Vasile- Vasilevsky, uh, he bounces back a little. You know, you can't really blame him too much on those goals in the last game. Uh, you know, that turnover by Coleman was pretty egregious right in front of the net and caught him off guard. And uh made the shot it was unbelievable, but usually he doesn't let those in, but but hey, he's uh, he's obviously a gamer. They've been here before, so... Um, you know, I I would lean on them getting it done. But, like I said, it's all contingent on the Kucherov news, which, unfortunately, we're probably going to have to wait right down to uh,
2: warm-ups and game time. Absolutely. Jordan, good stuff, man. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it.
4: You as well. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks.
2: That is Jordan Anderson. You can follow him on Twitter at Jordan underscore 803. Betting analyst and hockey analyst for betting pros joining us here on Pushing the Odds. It's a it's a game seven, man. I mean, what we, game sevens are incredible. Game sevens are unique. And whenever you see, you know, game sevens in hockey, it's one of those things. It's a Friday night. I know you may have a lot going on tonight and a lot of things happening in your life, but get in front of a TV set and, and watch this series, watch this game, because I think it's going to be highly entertaining. I would agree that I think referees are going to probably put the whistle away, and we probably aren't going to see much in terms of you know, penalties tonight. But the Kucherov news is, is just gigantic, and you have to wait all the way until we get uh, to a game-time decision to see whether he's in or he is out. I still think even if he plays, I still think there's value on the Islanders at plus 144. It doesn't mean I think they're going to win, but I do think just from a value perspective, it's a game seven, pucks bounce funny, and the Islanders play such an interesting style that if if they could get a lead and just sort of sit on it and hang on to it and make Tampa come to them, that may be a recipe for for the Islanders to get past Tampa and make the cup finals. Should be a lot of fun. More to come here on Pushing the Odds, 702-751. Matt is our text line. We've got Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll get to that next. Hawks and the Bucks here on Pushing the Odds
0: As you
1: continue listening to Sports Grid, ask yourself and be honest: Am I listening enough? Probably not. Sixteen hours a day—that's all we ask. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're
2: listening to Pushing the Odds, live from Las Vegas. Here's Matt Peralta. You now, the 106.92 win for the Clippers last night against the Phoenix Suns really changes the whole complexion of that series. And I bet the Clippers to win the NBA championship after they came through. I forget. I got to look at the odds of what I got them at. And, and after they played the Phoenix Suns in games one and game two, I still think Phoenix wins this series. So I think that bet's going to not going to cash, but the Clippers have such depth that it's hard to beat them in a seven game series because they can throw so many different players at you. I mean, Reggie Jackson played really well last night. 23 points for him, 3 of 8 from behind the 3-point line. You had guys come off the bench. Kennard had 9. Marcus Morris had 8. Batum had 4. But, you know, Terrence Mann had 12. Paul George went for 27-15 and and 8 assists last night, nearly a triple-double for Paul George. And if he plays like that, It's going to be tough. And defensively, that was the story. They were so good defensively. And Booker is struggling with that mask. And and I really wonder whether or not they will take the mask off for game four. Because it's bad. And, and I I mean, look, broken noses are brutal. It affects your eyesight. Your head is just throbbing constantly. And so he goes five for 21 one for seven from behind the three-point line, 15 points, four for four from the free-throw line, but 15 points, five assists, five rebounds. Not a bad line from Devin Booker, but not the type of game you expect you know a guy like that to have, in particular because he went for 40 and a 40-point triple-double in game one and then broke his nose in game two, only scored 20 points in game two. Now he scores 15 points. And look, it's not going to be recovered Tomorrow, you know, it, it's a broken nose. He's going to be struggling with this for the rest of the series. So you got to wonder how exactly he plays. And if he's not scoring, that could be problematic, really problematic for the Phoenix Suns in this series. So uh, I don't think the Clippers are dead by any means. we got a game two tonight in the Eastern Conference. Finals we will break that game down coming up in the next hour. We continue on Sports Grid Radio. Hour two or Pushing the Odds is next year on a Friday.
1: Coming at you all day, every day, with more attitude than other lesser networks would deem appropriate.